0: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103.
2: As we welcome you along to the programme, is November just running away? When I'm just looking up there, the 22nd of November already. This time next month will be smack bang in the middle of Christmas week. Lots of people contacting us noticing that the price of petrol and diesel has started to come down ever so slightly and we're welcoming anything that goes down in price rather than goes up in price and already this morning I've had some whatsapps in about diesel and petrol somebody said spotted diesel in Bandon yesterday for 184 well I can raise you on that one because a very Eagle eyed listener took a photograph at the petrol station in Bail Nablaw in West Cork and diesel. Now it's an it's it was either taken last night because it's a dark photograph it was either taken last night or it was taken this morning I'm not too sure but the diesel was at 181 so that's beating the 184 but wait for this it's got petrol at 166.9 so long may that continue just falling, falling, uh, falling we could do motorists certainly could do with a little bit of a break and a group of people who won some money and what a happy, gorgeous story this uh, is I was going to say they won't have to worry about buying petrol uh, but they didn't win a huge sum of money but it's the syndicate of 47 retirees from County Mayo you may have spotted them they were on the news last night they painted The town, red and green, when they arrived at National Lottery headquarters in Dublin yesterday, they were there to collect their one million euro prize divided by 47 of them. It means they will each receive 21,276 euro. That was the size of the cheque they walked away with each yesterday. They're known as the Young at Heart group. They're from a place called Park have to say, i never heard of that before, but it's just outside uh, Castle Bar. And their one million euro win was a daily million prize. They won it in early October. It seems that the excitement was still palpable yesterday when they arrived to collect their cheque. The syndicate was formed back in 2015 and they couldn't believe their luck when they became one million euro uh, richer last year. And looking at the group photograph, In lots of the papers today, it looks like all 47 of them made the journey from uh, Mayo to uh, Dublin, and they, they a lot of them are well in their eighties. This this Young at Heart uh, group, and they all have different. They were all asked about you know how they're going to spend the money and what are they going to do with it. Uh, Breda O'Boyle, who is a very fresh eight-looking eighty-two-year-old, uh, she danced into the National Lottery office. She said she's no firm plans for the money yet, but she's already started to receive a few texts from her children, including one that read. I I'm your favourite son and another one promising I'll bring in the turf for you every day. A cruise was what somebody else is planning to do. A trip to Greenland one of the retirees are going to do that. Lots of them talking about a holiday of uh, a lifetime and there was another gentleman said he's driving a 20 year old car so he's going to buy a new one and Teresa Flanagan who is 86 years young she said she will be buying herself a new pair of boots and she was also going to buy herself a new watch. (laughs) So, they're 21,276 euro better off. Well done. As I say, it's lovely. Love hearing those uh, stories. That's the Young at Hearts syndicate, as I say, pictured in all of the papers today. The one piece of advice that I would be giving uh, to them uh, today is don't stick it in the bank because they're not going to make a lot of interest on it because the, in the papers today, Irish banks are paying savers interest rates that are four times lower than the Eurozone average. At a time when interest rates on mortgage, we know are soaring, and actually, we're going to be offering advice to anyone who's about to switch, uh, ch- change their mortgage, or people who are fixing in. Uh, we'll have some advice later on on the programme uh, today. So the interest rates we know they're, they're soaring at the moment. Um, the average paid out though on savings by the bank is a mere 0.17%. Now what does that mean in pounds, shillings and pence? Well it means if you're lucky enough to have €10,000 on deposit it means at the end of the year you'll get €17 Euro by way of interest. But you compare that with an, across the eurozone average you'd be getting 69 euro over the year instead of 17 the banks have been called on to give savers a bit of a break after it emerged that the interest rates paid on savings here aren't now among some of the lowest across all of the other european uh, countries and the rates on offer have barely changed in the last 4 years and that's despite a sharp rise in the european central bank rates in the last few months and also rises in saving saving rates in the rest of Europe. So uh, we know the mortgages are going up and the knock-on, when the mortgage, when the interest rate goes up, the knock-on should be that people have got money saved away for the rainy day they should also be receiving extra and it seems the other european countries are doing it but not here in ireland deposit rates of over 1.10 percent are now on offer in some countries that's including italy and france and we are a long way off that 1.1 against our uh, 0.17 and bear in mind as well when you do get your 17 euro if you have your ten euro in the bank remember 33% 33% of that has to be paid on any interest earned from savings in the bank or credit union in this country. So there's dirt tax on top of it. So you're not even getting the full 17 euro. You have to take 33% of it off. And I see a quote in the papers today from the chairman of the Consumers Association, Michael kilcoin He's accusing the banks of making out like bandits. He said we've some of the lowest saving rates in Europe, but some of the most expensive mortgages, credit card rates and loan rates. And he's now calling on the banks to start paying decent interest rates to savings. Uh, many of those with savings in the bank, he also pointed out, are older people and they rely on fixed income such as their pensions. That so they deserve a little bit of a break. And of course, It isn't just older people that have uh, savings. Irish households, we are now recording a record high when it comes to savings on deposits in Irish banks. There's 150 billion euro on deposit with banks divided across families all over the country and particularly during COVID times, people weren't able to spend money and people then were starting with, The cost of living crisis, people are starting to get a bit frugal about what they're spending as well. So, a lot of people are holding on and holding on for that rainy day, even though people will say it's buckling down at the moment. The rainy day has arrived for many. So, there's 150 billion on uh, savings. And when you dig into those figures on calculations on that 150 billion, the Irish banks are set to make 1 billion killing on deposit and lending spreads because they deposit that money with the ecb and the ecb is now paying banks 1.0 5.0% interest on any money that they deposit so that's, a, that's what the banks do they take in your money they deposit with the ECB they get an interest rate back but the plan is they're meant to pass on part of that back on to customers but of course uh, they don't and there's an analysis by the price comparison website bonkers.ie uh, they carried this out for the Irish Independent today and they show that the best rate for regular savers amongst the best banks currently stands at 0.40. That's the annual percentage rate. That's been offered, by the way, by Permanent TSB on savings up to 50,000. Bank of Ireland are lower. They're at uh, 0.25% on amounts up to 15. And AIB have one of, and they're, remember, AIB are one of the largest banks they're offering one of the lowest. Theirs is only at 0.10%. So if you had the 10,000 figure that I quoted at the start and you're with AIB, it means that the interest offered there would only be €10 on the year. And then you've got to take the 33% uh, away from that. Now, slightly higher rates are still available if you opt for the state-saving products. And remember, by... The one plus going with the state saving schemes are that they're dirt free though the interest rate has been slashed by the government in recent years but at least you're not paying the 33% uh, dirt uh, tax. Michael Kilcoyne said that in recent months Irish mortgage rates have been a bit more attractive compared to the rest of the the Eurozone as the main banks have held off passing on all of the ECB rate increases and that certainly has been welcomed by mortgage holders but while that's welcomed it now largely appears that it's at the expense of the savers and that's just a bit mean on the people who are saving and trying to put away for a rainy day. So it's another reason again as whenever we speak actually with bankers.ie, the price comparison website we're normally talking with them about shopping around on electricity or maybe on your phones but you know it's worth shopping around as well with who you bank with and particularly where you put your savings. Jim, hi Patricia, well done to that syndicate of retirees in County Mayo who won the Daily Millions. I heard on TV this morning that they were going to celebrate in coppers last night in uh, Dublin I came close once says our Jim to winning it when I had five out of the six numbers in the Daily Millions draw I got 500 euro oh the difference in just being one number short but I have my health at the moment and I'll keep going says Jim yeah I think that's just galling to be one just one number off the six I feel your pain Jim I certainly do And hi Patricia When you're talking about banks, the credit unions now are charging members one euro when they put money into their savings account. And at the end of the year, when they check your account, they charge you for that as well. There's charges everywhere. I don't know, is that across all credit unions? Um, just across the credit union you are using because they are independent and they all operate uh, differently yeah but there's charges everywhere you go for sure and then Jim in White's Cross says he built his house back in 1992 and that was at the time of really really high interest rates he said the top interest rate he remembers paying was 21% now he said they're giving out about a 3% inc- in interest rate there will be more rate increases in 2023 that's for sure uh, John in Whites Cross we need these rates to be higher for house prices to decrease there is no way people can continue to pay the high prices that have been charged for homes at the moment and Declan has a son living in New York he's a five minute walk to his local train station and then it's a tr- ten minute train journey to his place of work the train runs every four minutes. He's paying less for rent in New York City than his friends are paying in Cork and in Limerick. No wonder people are leaving our shores. Yes, Ireland is a good country uh, to live in but when you look to the future how can any person plan for buying their own house with the price of rent and housing and actually the latest staff.ie report is out we'll get to it later on on the programme and again truly shocking what people are paying in rent thank you for your call Declan a reminder that we have teamed up this week with the everyman and their everyman panto it's the favourite traditional family panto returning this year With Cinderella, they open on Saturday the 3rd of December and to celebrate the Everyman have teamed up with the Leisureplex to give some of our listeners a fun festive family day out. We are giving away daily four passes, a family pass for four to see Cinderella at the Everyman on Thursday the 8th of December. But you also get a bonus prize of a pass for four people for bowling at the Leisureplex on uh, McCurtain Street. You can see Everyman man Cork.com for further details about tickets to the Panto and a little bit later on, I'll give you a clue to somewhere where Cinderella has left her glass slipper today. It'll be a well-known Cork location and we'll open the texts and the WhatsApps for you to try to guess and uh, you could be winning that family pass to see Cinderella on the 8th of December, but also the trip to go bowling at the Leisureplex on McCurtain Street. Check it all out on everymancork.com.
1: Cork today on C103
3: with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group, promoter, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
2: Now, debit and credit card fraud has hit its highest level in five years, with banks warning shoppers to be very, very wary of fraudsters. Especially as this Friday is Black Friday, Neve Davenport is head of financial crime at the Banking and Payments Federation, and Neve joins me. Good morning, Neve.
4: Good morning. Thanks for having me on.
2: You're very welcome. Is this a very lucrative trade for these fraudsters? I mean, how much money has been lost by Irish people?
4: So, forty-five million in the second half of last year was taken out of people's accounts. Um, that's only literally six months of the year, so it's very lucrative. What I always say is that. For us, sorts of professionals, this is their full-time job and they're looking to make money and it's through taking it from us that they're doing it.
2: And are these thieves, because that's what they are, they're thieves, are they getting mm-hmm. better at what they do?
4: They definitely are more sophisticated and they're very good at adapting what they do. Uh, the websites that they're faking are very genuine looking. The text messages, the emails that they send. They've also used social media or online sources to kind of build up. So if they maybe call you, for example... They may have, they might have some personal information um, about you from, you know, what you've posted online, different things like that. So they're very good at kind of using all resources available to them and making you believe that, you know, you're talking to a genuine person or dealing with a genuine person, whatever the case, whatever type of scam it might be.
2: What, What are the most common types of fraud? Is it a text message? Is it an email? Is it a phone call? Or is it all of the above?
4: It can be all of the above. What I'd say is mainly through card fraud, and that can come in various different ways, like you said there, with the text message scan, maybe with the link in it. So maybe you might get, you know, if you're expecting a package, well, you might not even be expecting a package, but you get a, a text message saying, you know, we need to pay the customs fee, for example, on a package, and you click on the link and you give your details, and then they have your card details, and they go off and use them. It could also be that they are, you know, especially with Black Friday and that's this week and people shopping online for Christmas, that there will be an ad maybe on social media or there might be an ad on, you know, your browser when you log in and you see, great, Ray-Bans, for example, 50% off and you click on that link and it brings you to a fake website, which looks very real. And again, you will put your information into that website. And then they have other scams where they're actually pretending to be the banks. Um... Or we've, you know, pretending to be the likes of Air or one of the utility companies. So they have all types of different scams going on. And that's just for personal customers. There's all sorts of different scams as well for business customers uh, that they're doing. And they often, we've even heard, like, the sophistication, as I said, has is, is really come on, that they will maybe text you and then they follow up with a phone call. So, again, all to make you believe that you are talking to a genuine or dealing with a genuine person or company.
2: Yeah, we had a listener a couple of weeks ago who got caught out with that HSC text yeah. scam you know saying close contact we need to send you out the antigen tests and unfortunately gave the details because they wanted the money for, the, for posting these yeah. uh, which wasn't antigen tests at all 2000 euro literally taken yeah. out of her account yeah. but that same lady was just mortified that she had fallen for the scam and it, it got me thinking there is some people get very embarrassed do you always encourage people to report it to the Gardaí?
4: Oh always and there is nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, you know, often when I'm going out and talking to yourselves or to different different groups of people, they'll say, Have you got case studies or have you got somebody that would talk to us? And people say I say no because people are actually too embarrassed to, to come out and tell their story, which is a shame because I think people need to know what's happening. Fraudsters are very, very convincing. So nobody should be embarrassed for falling victim. It's so easy, it's so so easy to fall victim. And we're so busy. We're back out and about as well after COVID. We're very busy in the run up to Christmas. If you get a text message like that saying you've been a close contact, of course you click on the link. Or you know you are expecting a custom a package that is going through customs. You know it's somebody's birthday or it's Christmas and you want to get make sure that it arrives on time. You're 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 on the go and you're going to click that link. There, it's not like years ago where you got an email and you know it was a long lost relative and the, the language was off in it. Yeah. The spelling was wrong. They're not. They're not like that anymore. They're very, very convincing. And they're, 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 they are fraudsters. They're professionals at what they do. They, there's always a sense of urgency. There's always kind of, they have the right language. They have in terms of what to say. They know what to say. If they're pretending to be the bank, they know the script. So they're very good at what they do. Um, so never feel embarrassed. Always report it to the Guardi and also to the bank as well. Uh, wh- what are
2: push payments?
4: The push pay, so this, it, it's going to get a bit technical, but uh, we've got authorized push payments and unauthorized. So these are things like your text message that like your example, your example there is where you it's pushed at you and um, you have your authorized push payments where you actually go in yourself and you click on the link and you pay for something. Yeah. And then we have unauthorized and this is where maybe there's been account takeover and the fraudster has your account details. So like your credit card, they have the account credit card from some way. And they go, go on then and they make the payment online with your credit cards. They may go off and make a purchase on a web for themselves. And that's when you know, you know, when you look at your transactions, you go, oh, I didn't make that payment. And you, you contact your bank. So there's two different versions of whether you've made the payment yourself or whether the fraudster has made the payment.
2: Do you have to be really careful about, about ads that come up on social media? I mean, every, se- every second post on social media at the moment seems to be an ad uh, for something. Would you never click on a link? And go to you know, the social so media i
4: And I've, I've done it myself and yeah. I'm the one giving me advice. And so it is so easy to click on the links to see what, you know, when the ads come up right in front of you. But what I always say is go to the website directly. So if you see an ad for something that you're interested in, go to the website directly. So Google the re- website directly and go into it that way. If it is a genuine offer, it will be on their actual website that way. Um, I just heard a story yesterday of somebody who did go and click on one of those ads. It was for, I think you said, Heli Hansen products, And, he, when he went, he was 50% off. I think it was sailing, sailing stuff. And Grace, this is amazing, And when he just noticed something a little bit off, he Googled, he said he was very lucky, he Googled the website, went in directly and saw that none of the, the, the sales of the offers were available on the actual website. So he knew then there was something up. Yeah, it was a It'll scam. It'll always be on the genuine website. So to be safe coming up to Black Friday and in the run-up to Christmas, go to websites directly. Even if you see an ad, whether it's social media, or on your on your browser, go to the website directly and do your research. Take your time. Try to use websites maybe that you've used before. Or if you have the apps on your phone, a lot of people do online shopping on their phone, use the apps that, you know, you're, you're downloading the apps from the app store. They'll all be official apps as well. It's a good, safe way to do it. If you've any doubts, please contact your bank directly.
2: We are all encouraged now to bank online, uh, Neve. with very mm-hmm. few people receiving bank statements through the post like the good old days when they used to arrive. Do we need to keep an eye on our accounts to look out for unauthorised transactions?
4: Yeah, whether it was online or whether you get paper transactions, it's always good to go on. Um, in some ways, people might find it easier because it's on the phone. You know, go on and have a look and um, regularly check your transactions and make sure that everything there is yourself. Um, it's a simple way just to kind of keep on top of things and to check that everything's in order.
2: OK, and we had another listener then last week who got what she thought was a great deal on a pair of orthopaedic shoes. But she said it was a dot .ie or she thought it said dot, dot .ie, so she thought it was based in Ireland. Now, it turned out the company wasn't based in Ireland when the product arrived. It was inferior and she had a big battle uh, to get her money back. She only ended up getting 70 percent back. Seeing a website that says dot .ie does not necessarily mean it's based in Ireland.
4: No, it doesn't. And um, there's the several websites. And, and it's not that they're not genuine websites. Um, you know, uh, personally, I personally, I've used Travel Agent that's in the UK, for example, um, but it was a .ie website. So I thought they were an Irish company myself. It was only when I kind of went to research about them and look into the contact details. I noticed that all the, the everything was based in the UK. You can look at the, the location of it. It's not that it's not necessarily genuine. Um, But just do your research so you know where you're buying from, especially if you are trying to buy Irish as well this this Christmas.
2: Someone else wants to know, why should you never make a purchase using a public Wi-Fi?
4: The public Wi-Fi is open. So if you are on an open Wi-Fi, actually fraudsters can, can log in and see what people are doing on different accounts on phones, whether it be on your phone or your tablet. If you flick to your 3G or your 4G network, that's private to your phone or your tablet. So it's private, no one else can see it. But it's public Wi-Fi. Everyone on that Wi-Fi system can actually log in and see what you're doing. So if you logged into your online banking or you're putting your card details in, or even if you're just logging into maybe an email account and putting in your email and your password, that will all be there. Wow.
2: Well, got to be so careful. You really have to be so careful. And it's so the, but it's the really out, outrageous offers. I mean, if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't true. That's yeah. what we say, yeah. All right, listen, uh, Niamh, as always, great advice. And your website, people can go to for I more.
4: fraudsmart.ie and there's lots of tips and advice up there. And I also say we actually have an email that you can sign up to. And we send out alerts on a regular basis when we know that there's a particular scam going around. Oh, to keep great. People on top of it.
2: Okay. Well, worth signing up to fraudsmart.ie. Listen, pleasure as always, Neve. Thank you for Thank that. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Uh, for joining us. That is Neve Davenport, who is the head of financial crime at the Banking and Payments Federation, fraudsmart.ie, for more information. And this isn't, this isn't, even though some people might feel that this is somebody being scammed. John and Skull was on. This is to do with everything going up in price. He said, An ordinary 60 watt bulb, the ordinary bayonet bulb that you'd have probably in your kitchen or in your bedroom. He said last year it cost him around one euro. He needed to purchase another bayonet 60 watt bulb. So he went into the store yesterday. He said the identical bulb that he bought this time last year has gone from one euro to five euro. He thought that was a huge, huge increase. Everything is going up, even the price of the bulbs. 0818 103 103. John Paul, taking your calls. Court
1: Today on C103.
3: With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. Cmig.ie.
2: West Cork Independent Councillors Declan Hurley and Paul Hayes have raised concerns about the patient safety at either ends of their West Cork constituents after it emerged that the South West has the longest average turnaround times for an ambulance. The Independent, uh, Independent Councillor Paul Hayes joins me with more on this story. Good morning to you, Paul. Morning, Patricia. And you're welcome. What is the average turnaround uh, time for West Cork and what should it be?
5: so i suppose that the national ambulance service set a, a turnaround time which is literally you know the the time it takes an ambulance to drop off a patient at you know cuh for example there and to be back on the road ready to respond to another issue again so they have a national target of 30 minutes um to, to turn around um the average i suppose nationally is 57 minutes it's just short of an hour um and but in west cork it's an hour and 15 minutes and like we're, we're frequently told, you know, that every every minute is vital. Um, you know, so it's it's gone up in uh, direction almost 20 minutes in, in a year. You know, so yeah, it's, it's just not good enough.
2: Are you fearful it's putting people's lives at risk?
5: Absolutely uh, like we had a situation just last week um in in, in c u h and we we twelve ambulances queued up outside c u h and I, I'm reliably informed that one of them was there actually from lunchtime until seven p m that evening you know and, and all the time that those ambulances are parked outside a and e with patients ready trying to admit them above that means there there's no cover back, you know, in West Cork in my particular case and obviously other areas of the county as well are without ambulance cover, so absolutely, you know, patients' lives are at risk. Um, as I said, you know, I know we we have the, the fantastic rapid response service and all of that and the air ambulance, uh, but, I mean, like the paramedics that, that are on the road day in, day out, at night and day, they provide an absolutely fantastic service and... Um, literally, if they're sitting in in a, in a car park in CUH. It's crazy, they're not doing it's crazy yeah, and I mean they're just they're even thinking of
2: 12 ambulances, you know, backed up in, in CUH and obviously if the ambulances are stuck in this waiting area at the hospital and then a call comes in, say to the city and the West Cork Ambulance is free I'm assuming that has to leave West Cork to go to that city call, does it?
5: That's what happens, yeah, and it's hugely frustrating. Again, I mean, the, the, the guys that head off in the morning to work uh, to, to work as paramedics, uh, they have no idea where they're going to end up or how long their day is going to be. You know, so that that's a huge pressure on their family life and on themselves. You know, if if they were lorry drivers, you know, there's a tachograph to yeah, to kind of you know point. to read how how long you know they've been on the road, whereas like that the lads uh, that might leave the depot at guilty, for example, you know, they get to CUH to drop off their patient and they might get a call. Uh, you know, they've been known to go to car crashes in Sneem, to, you know, issues down in Killarney or head south-east. And in some cases they're told, this patient needs to go to hospital in Dublin, off you go and up the road to Dublin. And they could be after already working like seven or eight hours at this point and and they're going to have to start a journey to Dublin to drop somebody up there. So, like, it it really is, I mean, you know, it, it from, from a patient point of view and even from, as I said, the, the paramedics and, and, and drivers, you know, working 12 to 17 hour shifts, it, it just is not sustainable and it's not safe.
2: Could Bantry Hospital help out by taking some of these patients rather than funneling everybody into Cork?
5: Absolutely. Yeah, again, I know we've said it, you know, between Bantry and Mallow there, and, you know, to increase the services. I, I was down at Bantry last night and my dad is being treated down there at the moment and as everybody knows it they provide an absolutely fantastic service. But again it's it, it's it's situations like you know, local injury units like like we have in Bantry, uh, they finish at seven PM. You know, so if there's, there's an issue out in the out in the peninsulas or out in Castleton Bear, they literally have to pass a perfectly working uh, hospital in the oh, country, it's and, so and like to Cork, yeah, you know. So, like, we have the facilities to to cater for this, you know, to look after minor injuries. As I said, you know, people have been sent to, you know, by ambulance to to Cuh, you know, for stitches or to, to for a fractured wrist or whatever. Like if they got injured in a match or training or anything like that. Like for minor injuries, you'd say that could be treated locally. they're all having to join the cube above and Cork at CUH and that's that's what's adding to the problem as well as clearly a a lack of you know, beds and uh, all of that the, the, the old issues still haven't been resolved unfortunately.
2: Uh, and I know when the HSE were asked to comment on this they say they're working to provide additional beds because obviously they'll say the big problem is uh, particularly with COH, getting people out of the beds so that the people that are done in A&E can move into the beds and stop this backlog of people waiting. So they say they're providing additional beds or working on it and they also say that they will strengthen community care teams. I mean, will, will, will that Help? Well,
5: yeah, certainly. Look, we, we'd welcome any uh, any improvements and in any investment whatsoever. But like we we've been down this road before, you know, and and nothing changes. We, we were told, you know, during COVID that uh, that lessons would be learnt and that you know that nurses and uh, resources and extra beds would be would be put in place. so that you know, issues like this wouldn't uh, wouldn't arise again. But. You know, it just hasn't happened. And I know it certainly looks like HSE are, are saying what they're saying, but it, it just doesn't seem to be making a difference on the ground as yet. Like, in, we're, we're heading into winter time, which is a traditional time when, you know, uh, people are, have medical issues or whatever. So it just looks like the situation is going to get worse before it gets better. And, like, the simple little things, even the likes in, in nursing homes. Um, you know, nursing homes in, uh, are, are sending their elderly patients to hospital via ambulance, like, for relatively for procedures like if they need you know IV uh, antibiotics or or to t- change a catheter for example you know and like the nurses in nursing homes are, are willing and able to do these kind of relatively simple uh, procedures, but they're not allowed, you know, so simple is yeah, that, it's that frustrating. make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah it you know? is. It uh, is
2: really frustrating. OK, and as as we said at the outset, it can and will put people's lives at uh, risk. And we, before I let you go, I have to say I watched with great interest on social media your epic trip to uh, Nepal. Uh, you're back now. I mean, a, a trip of a lifetime, Paul.
5: Absolutely, yeah. With uh, my my, uh, my brother Kevin and uh, and I, headed off there for almost three weeks. Um, yeah, it was just fantastic. Yeah, really, really enjoyable. Just um, a different world, and just I mean the the scale of what we were looking at, and uh, it was just incredible, really. You know, to to get the base camp and and beyond, really. So uh, yeah, and you know the people were like they they have so little and they're they're so humble, uh, but look they're they're very they're very happy people and all that and you, you, you certainly come home very grateful for what we have here you know so uh, and yes. actually
2: you're, you're on my list of people that I kept saying when you were doing this and I so have to chat with Paul in more detail about this trip you might come back to us and chat maybe in the run up to Christmas when we start to wind down the programme and we're looking back on the year that was because it'll stand out as, as a highlight for the year would you come back and talk to us about the trip absolutely uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love, love that, that. I'd love and, it, and in yeah. the meantime I know he, he was a fundraiser for the community uh, the Connecticut Community Youth Centre and the Irish Community Air Ambulance how much did you raise yeah
5: I think we've just tipped over 6,000 euros oh. so um, that's fantastic so I must say just that when I have the opportunity a huge thank you to, to everyone who donated with we, we a GoFundMe uh, page set up and with a, a donation bucket in O'Donovan's Hotel at reception so thanks to O'Donoghans for facil- facilitating that and yeah everyone who donated and and uh, you know, we'll we'll split the, the money exactly. We'll be handing over the checks there in the next week, Brilliant, to to, Brilliant. to or the uh, Okay, so we'll, really we'll,
2: we'll talk next month in more detail. In the meantime, Paul, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning, you. That is West Cork Independent Councillor uh, Paul Hayes.
3: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: I've been asked to mention that there's no bingo going on in Bantir tonight. And that is uh, sadly due to a local bereavement. So bingo cancelled in Bantier for tonight. Some of your thoughts uh, coming in. I mentioned in the last hour when I was talking about the interest rates being paid out by the banks to people who save and have money on deposit. It's a four times lower than the eurozone uh, average. And I was mentioning that there is €150 billion Euro in savings on deposits with Irish banks. And I mentioned that some of that money was saved during Covid times. That prompted a listener to say, by God, people were well able to save, weren't they, during Covid times? Great for them. Well, I tell you. For nothing. I couldn't save a red cent, says this texter, with bills, food, cost of coal, and of course, holidays. Many of those people have their holidays cancelled. That helps them big time to save more money in the bank. I've never left this country and I'm quite happy. Once I have a roof over my head, I've got coal in the fire and food on the table, and I'm able to pay my bills, and I'm in fairly good health. God will take care of everything else, says a Dexter, who doesn't have to worry about interest rates in banks uh, because doesn't have any money put away by way of savings. And then Mossy in West Cork is picking me up saying, Patricia, you really shouldn't be discouraging people from using banks, especially the elderly, who shouldn't uh, keep their money at home. And I wasn't. When I was talking about the Young at Heart group from County Mayo and their lottery win, I was saying that they're not going to make a lot of money by putting it on deposit. What I was trying to encourage them to do was to spend it on those dream holidays that they're talking about are the new cars, are the woman who wants the new boots and uh, the watch watch. and I certainly wouldn't discourage any elderly person from keeping money at home for sure. Also not to put their hard-earned money uh, into gambling like, like stocks and shares, not a good move says Mossy. Definitely put your hard-earned money into the credit union. The credit union are very very reliable and that's from Mossy in uh, West Cork thank you for that. Actually talking of elderly uh, people and uh, and elderly people having money. Remember last week I mentioned what well, it was a particularly nasty scam, even though, thank thank God, let's go back to the Credit Union again, thanks to vigilant staff at the Credit Union, the particular c- scam was towards it. It was a um, 78-year-old man from Kinsale. And God bless his heart, he was on his, popped on his mobility scooter to down to his credit union. And he was trying to withdraw four and a half thousand euro for these two men who were had involved him in a financial scam. He didn't realise it was a scam. But thankfully, uh, because of... The very vigilant work of a staff member who contacted the Garda because she just sensed something wasn't right. With this elderly man taking out this sum of money in cash, the Garda arrived and uh, subsequently uh, the two men were arrested. And I mentioned it lastly because one of the culprits was before the courts, a guy by the name of John Moriarty. I think if I remember last week, he had two addresses in uh, Kerry that were on the Killarney area, I'm sure. Anyway, he was back in court yesterday because it was in court last week but it was up for sentencing yesterday and I'm reading in the papers today that he was jailed for two years but it turns out that this crime against this elderly man in Kinsale it wasn't his only crime and that there there was a spree of other crimes against elderly and vulnerable people and it was Judge Dara Hayes he said they were particularly nasty crimes against elderly people for large sums of money and that the theft Uh, regulated offences and that the the actual offences then went on to have a very significant effect on the lives and the confidence of some of the people particularly some of the people who had been living independently and then when they got caught and duped out by these people it just knocked the confidence uh, out of them so as well as the Kinsale case uh, which came before the circuit court there were a number of other offences all from around 2019 against other injured parties and the examiner today lists some of them for example one victim was an 83-year-old woman who was suffering from dementia. Her victim impact statement was prepared by her sister and she said her sister now was no longer living at home and was in a nursing home where she often spoke about her own home and the money that was taken from her. God help her. Thousands of euro was also taken from another 76-year-old man through a similar scam and in another case an 80-year-old man and his 64-year-old wife were conned out of multiple payments of thousands of euro in one case the householder was quoted a price of 39 euro to clean a gutter only to be told oh well we went up there and took a look at your roof there sir uh, it's going to be have to be replaced You're going to need thousands of euro to repair it and then of course what they looked for was payments to be made in advance so that they could buy the materials and obviously the materials never materialized and the work was was never done anyway that john Moriarty now is behind bars for uh two uh, years and you know older people they target they deliberately target vulnerable people people have to be so careful of somebody just coming knocking on your door if it's too good to be true then it is just not true it's kind of tying in with what we spoke about with the credit and debit cards earlier 0818 103 103. help for a listener please could you give a shout out does anybody know where i could get a kenwood chef mixer repaired Anybody repairing Kenwood Chef mixers? God, those Kenwood Chef mixers were, always oh, was fantastic. They're in kitchens. I have a friend of mine who must have her Kenwood Chef mixer for well over 30 years and it's still going strong, the one with the big stainless steel bowl uh, on it. And obviously one of our listeners has one similar, but it now is starting to play up and needs to be repaired. Does anybody know where a Kenwood Chef mixer can be repaired Uh, I don't know what part of the city or county the listener is in but obviously if they're desperate to get the Kenwood Chef replaced they would be uh, repaired, they'd be willing to travel so if you can help us with that or you've got one uh, repaired lately let us know please 0818 103 103 and I certainly was delighted to hear in the news that the government is expected to agree to cap the revenue of electricity-generating companies, the ones that do not use gas. Government, by the way, is also going to sign off on a plan that will get farms who do produce fossil fuels to pay what they're calling a solidarity contribution. Now, this, this has been going on for months and there has been months of consideration by the government and it looks like today they're going to finalise uh, they're going to finalise plans to tackle windfall gains in the energy sector we've been hearing about windfall tax i think since our electricity prices started to rise so what's likely to happen is uh, the wind and solar energy generating companies will be told that they will have market revenues capped at 120 euro per megawatt hour any revenue that they gain above that mark they're going to have to pay it to the Exchequer for the duration of this initiative and like Lots of people were scratching their heads saying, Why, if electricity was being generated by wind and solar power, why was that going up the same way as electricity that was generated through fossil fuels? Because we know the fossil fuels had gone up, wasn't making any sense. So they've set it, the cap is going to be 120. Europe or megawatt, everything above that goes back to the exchequer. Customers actively involve them in the production of fossil fuels. They're also going to see a proportion of their taxable profits paid into this solidarity contribution. They, this will be a temporary move and would be in place for both this year, but it's also going to be in place for next year, 2023. It'll see companies with the highest taxable profit being required to pay up to 75% of that figure towards the solidarity contribution. The measures are in line with the European Council regulation, which aims to keep profits down. And at the same time, try to support struggling energy customers and money generated. By the way, in case you're wondering what the solidarity contribution is all about, that money would be used to help households and to help companies who are most affected by soaring energy uh, prices. And it was estimated previously that the move to cap windfall gains, it could generate up to a billion euro in revenue. For the state, so it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and it also means it's a billion euro that will go into the exchequer that the government will then have to pass on to people who are struggling the most—the households, you know, by way of what they're doing with the two hundred euro or six hundred euro in total that they're giving to every household towards the cost of the electricity. The first one's gone through this month. There'll be another payment in January, I'm assuming, and then the next one will be paid in March. But with the way energy prices and electricity prices are rising. You know, it looks like a lot of households are going to need that €200 going well into 2003. So at least if they have this solidarity fund and they have the billion euro, the government will have that money to give it out to families and people who are struggling and businesses. I mean, I have have a huge, huge sympathy for businesses. We've spoken to so many, we've spoken about so many of them on the programme who have seen electricity bills, you know, rise by over 300% and how small businesses you know it's tough enough for big businesses but at least big businesses you're assuming will have had some kind of good profits over previous years so they'll have some money some rainy day funds to fall back on but small businesses that really operate on very very tight margins when electricity bills not just double triple but can you know go up by 300 percent you know that's why we're seeing so many businesses closing which is really really unfortunate 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text. You can WhatsApp to 0862103103. C103
1: jobs
3: with the new Charleville Nursing Home. Find their current available positions at molinhealthcare forward slash careers.
2: And having just mentioned Molin Healthcare, they're recruiting for their new nursing home, which is due to open soon in Charleville. Recruitment open days are going to be held next Monday and Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. in the Charleville Park Hotel. To check what jobs are available, you can visit molinhealthcare.com. An Araglan House Nursing Home in Boerbwy, they're looking for multitask assistance for their catering and kitchen teams. CVs please to chris at araglanhouse.ie. A warehouse operative is wanted for Coachford. Email jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. And a part-time mechanic is required for O'Neill's garage in Bantry. Call Mike 87 9460 You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... C103.
1: Court today on C103.
3: With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group, promoter, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
2: It always saddens me when families are forced to turn to fundraising in order to cover the cost of medical treatment for their children. It's tough enough dealing with a sick child without having to worry about costs associated with care. Well, my next guest is embarking on such a journey, and Antoinette Burke joins me to talk Talk about her GoFundMe page to get her daughter Katie to Poland for the medical treatment she needs. Good morning to Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us. And I suppose in order to explain Katie's story, we need to go back to the beginning. She was a little prem baby. What were her initial care needs, Antoinette? Well,
6: when Katie was born, Katie was born three months premature. Okay. Um, When she was born... The only thing she needed was a CPAP machine to help her breathe because she was so premature. Um, we didn't think there was anything wrong with her until she started kind of sitting and crawling, and she couldn't sit properly. She had to. She kind of sat with her shoulders against the back of a chair, but her her, like her bum kind of out forward. if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. So, um, d- so that was the first sort of, that you made you suspicious of something else going yeah, on here?
6: Yeah, they, they, that was the sign. Um, plus, she couldn't crawl. Um, Katie Commando crawled. She was her elbow. Okay. So she didn't have the strength in her legs to actually get up and crawl like a, a normal baby, as they say.
2: So when did the diagnosis um, come and, and what was it? She
6: got a diagnosis of cerebral palsy when she was 17 months old. And that started our journey. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, And was that how? How did you cope with that at the time? What was what was your thought process?
6: At the time, um, I kind of knew she had cerebral palsy because I have a friend who has a child with cerebral palsy. So I saw the signs. So it wasn't an initial shock for me. Like I kind of said it to the doctor. I think she has cerebral palsy. So, like, when they did actually give me the diagnosis, it was like no time because <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I knew I know. like and,
2: it wasn't. And she was in a she was wheelchair bound. She uh, was, yeah, yeah. She um, she, she never used, walked independently.
6: She used to walk her wheelchair, and she had a walking frame. She could walk on her like she kind of walked on her toes. She was like a ballerina, um, but like couldn't walk independently at all. Up until she was six.
2: And what happened
6: Um, at six? We brought her to America for a surgery called selective dorsal rhizotomy. Um, Basically, that surgery, it's a spinal surgery. Um, They go in through the spine, find, like, expose the nerves. And in simple terms, they find the nerves that are reflected. Sorry. That are affecting the spasticity in Casey, Katie's body and cut them. Yeah. And that's uh, the simple,
2: yeah, simple and term, and, and Yeah, and regular listeners to this program will know I've spoken with um, Evelyn, um, Anna's uh, mother from Anna's Dream yeah. to Dance, who had the very same surgery, um, but after uh, Katie had, had hers. Was that surgery ever an option here in Ireland?
6: It's not an option in, in Ireland, but it's an option in the UK. But there's a very, very strict criteria for children to be brought to the UK and the surgery done for them.
2: Why isn't it an option um, here?
6: To do have the surgeon, basically.
2: Oh, it's a um, It's a
6: very, very intensive surgery that has to be done. And like in our experience, like with Dr. Park in St. Louis, he kind of pioneered this surgery. So he knows basically what nerves he has to cut and he knows um, basically kind of what your child will achieve after. Like, SDR, it's not a cure for, for cerebral palsy, um, but it does release the spasticity in a child's body, which, in our case, like, it he never walked that spasticity was gone, the tightness was gone in her legs. So she wasn't in pain anymore. So, like if Katie never walked, that was a bonus to us.
2: You just wanted to out the pain. But,
6: yes, but the added bonus was she actually walked. She walked, yeah.
2: Because yeah. it's, it's <laughs> Antoinette, it's it's really hard to watch a child in pain because it's your, oh, it's, your it's instinct awful. as a parent is to take the pain away. So, so yeah. you'll do anything.
6: No, It's absolutely awful. Like, lady's legs were so tight when she was younger. Uh, we used to have to use um, heat packs and ice packs to actually release the like the the um, the pain basically in our legs because the muscles would contract. Oh, God! So you picture getting a cramp in your leg. Yeah. Well, that's what Katie had all the
2: time. And and no relief from it. Yeah. And
6: no relief. Like physiotherapy so, helped, but it, like it didn't. Uh, it didn't release. The and, and by the
2: way, when when you went to Missouri um, to to Dr. Park for that surgery, did you have to fundraise for that?
6: We did. We had to raise sixty thousand euro together. And when we spoke to Katie's paediatricians here, they told us Katie wasn't a suitable candidate, and that we'd leave Katie permanently in a wheelchair.
2: What did so, they say? What did they say when they saw her when she came back?
6: Well. When we came back, Katie, back then, didn't even use crutches. She was able to walk with nothing. And she actually walked into our paediatrician and headed straight for him because he was the one that said it wouldn't work. Yeah. I just got it. Went to see my mum was right.
2: What a moment! <laughs> so I like, what a moment! Okay. <laughs> but, and 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 I'm assuming there's there was follow up you had to do physio then when you came back. It isn't just simple yes, get the operation yes. off you go your walk and there's a lot of intense no, she physio. We needed
6: intense physio five days a week, um, which wasn't covered through our service providers either. Um, we had to pay for that private. Um, God, it's, and it's just, okay. All so, but, so
2: it was all it was all working everything was going swim, swimmingly well bring me up to what's happening now and the current problem it's to do with Katie's hip
6: yeah up to now Katie has a dislocated hip it's actually dysplastic so what that means is the ball and socket isn't sitting properly in her hip um, so when she's walking it kind of moves in and out you know if you have a loose hinge Mm. The way it moves. Well, Katie hip is doing the same thing. Um, again, doctors here have given us every excuse under the sun as to why they won't operate on her. Like we've been told, she's she's too weak. Um, they told us they'd wait till she stopped growing. Uh, she's not strong enough. Um, now they're referring her. On, well are supposed to be referring her on to an adult doctor in Dublin and if he agrees um to take Katie on, she will then become a case discussion with both doctors. That's no good to Katie. There's no point in discussing. Help my child.
2: She's she's sixteen now, is it? She's sixteen, she's yeah. 16. She was sixteen on Saturday. Happy birthday, Katie. Is she is she in pain, Antoinette?
6: She is, but the sad part is, she's so used to that pain, it it doesn't phase her the same way as it would you or I, because she's lived with it for so long. It's it's there, but she she can deal with it because it's an ongoing issue with her. It's, it's like if you have, like, and it back. And
2: it, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I'm just thinking of anyone listening who's ever gone for a hip replacement or a knee replacement. And I've spoken with people over the years who've, who've, who've gone for, for various replacements. And they all... Talk.
4: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: talk about the pain beforehand and the relief afterwards and and we're talking about a a 16 year old girl living with that pain and I'm assuming it's affecting her mobility internet.
6: It is. She she uses her crutches now more often. Like we had her in um, A&E two weeks ago. She fell and she couldn't put her foot to the floor and I actually thought her leg was broken. Um, But luckily it wasn't. And when we went in they did an x-ray of her hip because I explained to them like their hip, her hip was dislocated. The doctor had a look at it and he said, yeah, it's dislocated. He said, but there's nothing I can do with it. So I was just like, my child's in pain. She literally could not put her foot to the floor. And they sent me home take
2: painkillers I was just going to say please don't say they sent you home with a couple of pan the
6: well they didn't even give me all. <laughs> they just told okay, so me to take painkillers
2: you've are you is it back with the doctor in St Louis in Missouri or is this a new doctor you found no this
6: is a new doctor okay um, one of Katie had two surgeries when we, when she went to America Um, she had SDR and she had another one which is, which is Perks it's muscle release because um, her feet were up for so long the muscles had tightened so they had to loosen them. Um, that doctor moved to the Paley Institute in Florida. So I got in contact with Dr. Dobbs who was the, the, the doctor. Um, we actually have contact with them all the time. They're on Facebook. You can send him a message at any time him and Dr. Peck and if you have questions they will answer them for you. Um, so I asked Dr. Dobbs to have a look. I just sent him an x-ray. to said, like, can you just have a look and let me see what you think. Hmm. And he said to me, look, it needs to be fixed. He said, but that's not its not, it wasn't his speciality. Yeah. So he put me in touch with Dr. Paley.
2: Who's based in Florida He's based but has, in Florida. has a practice in Poland. Which makes it obviously easier for travel Which for you. Which is easier yeah. and cheaper <laughs> yeah, yeah. to get
6: to Poland. So yeah. he will fly from Florida to meet us on the 5th of December.
2: In Poland. To
6: In Poland to see Katie. Because as he said, like I showed him, sent him videos and I sent him x-rays and everything else he said. Um, and we had a Zoom consultation with him. But he said he needs to actually see Katie in person. Obviously,
2: obviously, yeah, you can't, yeah.
6: You can't you can't examine well, a child and, on, over a computer.
2: And what do you, what are you hoping for?
6: Well, what he said is Katie needs hip reconstruction to basically put the ball and socket back into place. Okay. He'll pin it, pin it into place. But Katie's leg torn in as well. So he needs to straighten her leg. That is, like when she's walking, her foot and all turns. So he wants to straighten the whole leg as well to stop the hip from going back out again. Because if her leg is turned in, it puts more pressure on the hip. And he which can do can get it out again.
2: Do you, does he reckon he can do that all in one surgery? Yes. Oh well. Wow.
6: Wow. he said he, you know he, as he said, I can help her, but I need to see her first.
2: Okay, so, so, so exactly the the what. initial the initial fundraiser is to get to Poland <laughs> on the fifth of on December. The fifth the 5th of yeah. December. And then Fingers crossed that the assessment will all go well. Have you any timeline of when you would expect him to operate?
6: I don't know. No. I won't know any of that until I speak to Dr. Paley. He does come over to Poland every three months. Um, And obviously the quicker we can get the funds raised, the, the quicker we can get Katie over to him to operate on her.
2: Do you know on how her. how much it will cost the operation?
6: Again, I don't know no. because he has to see her first. Okay. To okay. See. as you said, once he sees her, then he can give me a breakdown of cost for her. Now, on top of that, obviously, she's going to need physiotherapy when we come home because she's not going to get it through her there She doesn't get it now. So, there's no hope of her getting it when we come back.
2: Yeah, and when you get that type of surgery done, you have to back it up. You can't be put on a waiting no, list. No, there's no point yeah. in bringing up for You're wasting, you're wasting a your surgery time. Surgery like that, are yeah.
6: not going to follow on with physiotherapy and everything else. Further.
2: Okay, so you're organising like, all of these medical appointments and trying to get X-rays and trying to do Zoom calls with doctors and no doubt doing. It. You'd make a great researcher. You seem to be great at finding out what's O-I-O. available do and what's my what's. I, but in the midst of all of that Antoinette, you you're now fundraising
6: yeah um the last thing that I wants to do again like because people were so good to us the last time that we fundraised um sorry and now we have to do the same thing and ask basically the same people to help us again people are struggling now you know I mean? They can barely put food on the table. So, like, for those that, that have donated so far, like, just like, like, you know, anything from 10 euro up, like, we are so extremely grateful that they know, they believe in Katie. And they know that I'm doing my best for my child. Because if I leave Katie the way she is now, she has She's at risk of developing arthritis in her hip.
2: At 16 years of age?
6: At 16 years of age. <sighs> with the result then she'll end up in her wheelchair because she'll be in more pain with arthritis and a <laughs> dislocated hip. I oh, know, I oh, know. And so you
2: the would...
6: last thing, like, Katie doesn't, she hates her wheelchair. Does she? And, the la- like, like, when you give the child the freedom to be able
2: to walk, why would they want to sit in a wheelchair? Yeah. And if
6: I don't do something for it, that's exactly what's going to happen.
2: Well, oh, you're, you're, fa- you're a fantastic uh, mother, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that, uh, Antoinette. And, and I know and, and, and I could hear the upset in your voice and I don't want to upset you further, but it is also just worth just letting people know. And I'm trying to put into mind's eye what what you're going through. I mean, you've gone. You, you did all this before when you had to do it the first time round. You know, you're back there again. But this time round your your husband sadly passed away in September of twenty fifteen. So this time you're doing it on your own, which I I just think adds to the it makes it even such a sadder, sadder story. Okay, there's a GoFundMe page. Where can people find the GoFundMe page, Antoinette?
6: Um well we have the GoFundMe is up on Katie's Facebook page. Okay. Um it's Katie's Fight to Keep Walking. There's a link on that.
2: Okay. Katie's and fight to keep walking. Yeah. Okay. And, and
6: if you go in to GoFundMe itself, just type in get Katie's Poland for hip surgery. Okay. And it'll talk that way.
2: Katie's fight to keep walking. Will you come back to us after the fifth of December when oh, you get I back will. from Poland? And, uh, I know. and keep us updated. And listen, you need to look after yourself as well. Remember, I that yeah, one. Who, who cares <laughs> for the carer? You need to look after yourself. Listen, it was a real pleasure talking to you, Antoinette Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. you I appreciate it. Help. God bless. Bye bye. That is uh, Antoinette Burke uh, joining us from uh, Cove. As I say, it just it saddens me. I it disappoints me, and at times it frustrates me that families have to go to that length to get the treatment that their child needs, but then have to turn around to fundraise for it at the same time. It's just it's. It's calling. Uh, 0818103103 103, So any spare few Bob that you might have and I know an internet said it, I know times are tough but as I mentioned earlier there are uh, people who've got a lot of money sitting on depositing bank accounts 150 billion in total. Somebody somewhere might be able to give but even just it's all those little small amounts as well that are donated to those Go, GoFundMePays they're all the ones that mount up. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103
1: 103. Court today on C one oh
3: three with Corrigan Insurances McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. C M I G dot IE.
2: The mortgage holders who want to lock into a fixed rate to avoid surging European interest rises have been warned. Not to be panicked into signing up for the wrong rate. Joining me with words of advice is Martina Hennessy. Now, Martina is Managing Director of the Irish Independence Doddle.ie Mortgage Switching Index. Good morning to you, Martina. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome. Is there a big difference between the highest rate on offer and the lowest rate on offer at the moment?
7: There is, Patricia, even though the market has been condensed a little bit more, Bank of Ireland, or sorry, KBC, and uh, Ulster Bank have exited the market, there's still a lot of competition between lenders, and there's still a big difference between rates that you can get. So, at the moment, because rates are rising, uh, are almost all, so 92% of mortgage holders who are taking out a new mortgage are fixing, and they tend to fix, on average, our clients would fix for, say, five-year period based on pricing, just to give them enough security over repayments. And the difference on that on a five-year fixed rate, which we highlighted in the index yesterday, and um, the difference can be the lowest five-year fixed rate in the market is 2.45% and the highest is 55 So a huge difference of 3% between lenders on the market on a standard five-year fixed rate. And that can mean a difference if we take the average mortgage that was drawn down in the last quarter of 292,000, that would be a difference of 513 euros a month, which over the five-year fixed period is a massive, almost 31,000 euro.
2: Whoa, that's yeah. huge.
7: Huge. And all interest, Patricia, and that's the, the key point, interest adds no value to your mortgage. So everybody has to pay, unfortunately, pay interest when you're taking out a mortgage because that's how the banks make money. But effectively, what we're trying to really say to people is when you're looking to take out a mortgage, just be really conscious of the rate you're paying, because if you're paying too much of your mortgage, particularly when people are locking in now for longer periods of time to get greater security, you're going to pay a huge amount more in interest over the fixed period if you don't get market Based advice, or if you don't do your research yourself.
2: Is it now safe to say, Martina, that the days of the low rates are over for certainly the foreseeable future, and if anything, interest rates are only going to arise?
7: Oh, it is, I'm afraid. Over the last 14 years we've had a really great um, period of time where we'd rates were at a low base level. Okay, So the ECB rate was 0% for the last six years but rates have been low and have not increased over the last 14 years. But since probably June of this year rates have started to increase and we're going into a new cycle now where certainly there's expected to be further upward movement on the ECB base rate and certainly funding costs for the banks are getting higher and when funding costs for the banks get higher it means they increase their rates because they pass on that cost to the consumer. So that's why I suppose fixed rates are most popular now at the moment because they offer security over payments. So if you're taking out a new mortgage or you're coming to the end of a fixed period or you're on variable and want to fix, now is a really, really good time to do it. There's a particular window I suppose now where you Yes, we've seen rate increases, but there are further rate increases expected. So it's a really good ch- time to pull out that mortgage statement if you have a mortgage and make sure you know what rate you're paying. Make sure you can make sure if you see if you can, if you can save by switching or switching on to a fixed rate or just checking what rate you're on and any of the best rate that you could get for yourself.
2: Because pe- people who have tracker mortgages, I mean, people have clung on to their tracker mortgages uh, for dear life. Is now the time for them to relinqu- relinquish and fix it?
7: So we would have gotten zero queries from clients previously about you know, fixing a tracker rate because it's such a valuable product and it's still such a valuable product. The direct margin linked directly to the ECB-based rate. However, in the last four months, the tracker, the ECB-based rate has increased by 2%. So that has been a really, really significant increase and the pace and scale of that increase has caused so many more people to look and say, oh my goodness, where is this going? I think the fear of where this ecb base yeah. rate could rise to is causing a lot of people to look and say, "Is now the time to fix?" So if I look at it, and I have a tracker rate myself, but if I look at it, the standard tracker mortgage, t- you know, pre 2008 when the tracker mortgages were available, it was 1.1%. So if the base rate is now 2%, that that tracker mortgage would be at 3.1%. And with further rate increases expected, people are looking and saying, "Well, is now the time to fix?" And that really depends on, you know, what the term remaining on the mortgage is, the mortgage balance, the margin to the ECB. But there are excellent and 10-year fixed rates, for example, on the market at 3.25% or from 3.25%. So they would offer greater security. So if you think of that tracker mortgage holder who has, uh, has a variable rate now of 3.1%, and we know there's further European monetary policy meetings in December, February, March. So there's the expectation that that ecb base rate will go from 2% higher. At least, you know, you'd expect another half percent over the coming months, if not more those tracker mortgage holders are saying oh, how much more of this can I take is it worthwhile, what term is remaining on my mortgage, should I now lock in and fix it for 3% at a level that's almost equivalent to where I am now without any further ECB rate increases and it really comes down to individual circumstances and individual situations so we would always say definitely get advice before you relinquish your tracker because if you fix that tracker is gone and you need to make sure it's the right option for you right now
2: uh, You've answered somebody's question, Somebody said could you be offered your tracker rate back at the end of the fixed period
7: the only lender that allows that is KBC Bank all other lenders you would actually actually relinquish your tracker if you choose to fix now it's gone
2: yeah yeah and then what about talk to me about the variable rate mortgage holders I mean they haven't seen an increase in rates but that's coming
7: uh, they haven't, but you know, I suppose the thing about the, the standard variable rate um, rates are up to 4.5%. They're some of the highest rates on the market. So somebody who's on a standard variable rate, there's 220,000 mortgage holders in Ireland on standard variable rates, and they're the ones that are actually paying the most now for their rates. So fixed rates are actually lower than those standard variable rate, rates. So I would encourage anybody who has a standard variable rate to really think about whether now is the time to fix, whether they should be looking to lock down that security. Many, many people roll off fixed rates and they roll on to variable and they go I know I'm on, I'm not sure what rate I'm on, you know, maybe I should look at it and then time passes. So I suppose really now with those variable rates they haven't gone up because they actually are really, you know, significant as they stand now. So the banks haven't increased them but it is, they are very much exposed to rate increases and you know, in into the new year we could expect there would be movement on those standard variable rate um, mortgages who who at the moment again are, are expo- exposed but also paying some of the highest rates available on the market at the moment.
2: Okay, so now is certainly the time to move. Okay, this is Martina. Pleasure as always. Thank you for that. Thank and uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is Martina Hennessey, Managing Director of the Irish Independence.ie, dot, dot, which is the mortgage, mortgage Switching Index.
3: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: How would you fancy heading off to the Everyman to see their wonderful Christmas pantomime this year? It is Cinderella. It opens in the Everyman on the 3rd of December and we have tickets to get you to see Cinderella at the Everyman. And on Thursday the 8th of December Not only that The Everyman have teamed up With the Plex To give you a fun festive day out Because that you'll go along And see the pantomime And then on a day of your choice You can go And go bowling at the Leisure Plex On uh, McCurtain Street Cinderella is a wonderful tale Of a girl with a dream A spell that's broken at midnight And a fairy godmother All with a wonderful modern panto twist now every day this week we're giving you a clue to where cinderella has left her glass slipper and it's at some well-known cork location so this is by text and whatsapp only please so today's location where has cinderella left her glass slipper today that's an easy one if you kiss this upside down it'll give you the gift of the gab if you kiss this upside down, it'll give you the gift of the gab. Where has Cinderella left her glass slipper? Get texting and WhatsApping now, please, to 86 So, 103, 103. So we'll leave it open for about 10 minutes and then we will randomly select from the correct answers. And I imagine they should all be correct today because I think it's an easy enough one uh, today. We'll randomly select our winner who will win a family pass for four to see Cinderella at the Everyman on Thursday, 8th of December. And a pass for four people to go bowling at the Leisureplex on McCurtain Street. If you kiss this upside down, it'll give you the gift of the gab. Where has Cinderella left her slipper today? And if you want to purchase tickets to go along to see Cinderella live at the Everyman, then please go to Everyman Cork dot com for all of the details now while we 're awaiting today 's winner, let me take a look at some of your thoughts and comments coming in. I mentioned what the government are doing when they're, they're going to sign off on windfall taxes on energy firms and it's expected to be signed off today. They've been talking about it for quite some time. Somebody wants to point out, Patricia, do you, do you understand that this cap will be a cost of procurement side, not at the customer side? So, the, custom, so the, the companies, the electric companies will still be able to increase the price charge to customers. Yeah, I'm absolutely well aware of that. But you would hope that if they realise there's not much point in increasing if all of it or or a large chunk of it is going to be handed over to the government, you would hope it also might some way act as an incentive for them not to keep increasing prices, but only time will tell on that. But failing that, there is talks that the government could get a billion euro out of those windfall taxes and that obviously then will be passed on to people that are struggling. Somebody else hearing me talk about that made the point uh, that is it not time for the government to finally wake up and start helping people when it comes to solar systems. Why oh why says this texter are they not helping more people uh, to invest in solar systems. Now we had a listener earlier who has a broken Kenwood chef or a Kenwood chef that is playing up and was wondering did anybody know what it could be serviced. Well a couple of people have pointed out a company that they're in Dublin and I did a quick Google search on them they are a company called Kellyworth Electrical they're based in Harold's Cross. One listener says Any Kenwood appliance can be replaced or repaired in Kellyworth Electrical in Harolds Cross in Dublin. They are so helpful. Their service is brilliant. I ordered stuff from them and I had it the next day, would you believe? I searched high and low until I found this shop. They're approved by Kenwood. By the way, I'm not connected to them in any way. I just bought items from them. I sourced items from them and they were excellent. So I did a search. Yeah, it's called Kennelwood, K-E-N-I-L worth wrth electrical there is sales spare parts and servicing now they're not just for kenwood even though they are the main service providers for kenwood but they they're for a lot of other different electrical products and different companies as well. And if you see a picture of the shop. I mean, they're absolutely jam-packed, full of spare parts. But they also actually, you know, there's a typical electrical shop and that they have the, the parts as well. Or they have the actual items on offer. So it's worth, you can check them out by going to them. I just did a quick Google search and they came up straight straight away. Kenilworth Electrical ie is their website if that's of any use to the listener who's struggling to get her kenwood chef up and running and actually there was a lovely text in when i mentioned the kenwood chef from anne one of our regular listeners to say patricia I have a Kenwood Chef Mixer. Mixer. I have it over fifty years. Would you believe, Suzanne? I got it on the Green Shield stamps. It's worked almost every day and is still going strong. Yet, <laughs> they were designed, weren't they, in such a way that they were going to last forever—fifty years. Wouldn't you just that a record? You should get on to Kenwood and tell them that's still going strong. But you just brought back childhood memories of of. Green Shield stamps. I remember the one thing that always stands out for me. I remember growing up, my mother having the Green Shield stamps and she'd come home. She used to get them in the supermarket. It was a a supermarket where she used to get them with her shopping. And we'd have to, you'd have to lick them like stamps and glue them into the Green Shield stamp uh, book. And then you'd be waiting for a full book and going through the magazine. It was just, it was great fun. I can still remember a doll that I got for my birthday that came via the Green Shield stamps. Isn't it funny how things like that can trigger uh, memories? But Anne's Kenwood chef, I 'm God... I assume that you saved a hell of a lot of Green Shield stamps in order to get a Kenwood Jeff, because even back 50 years ago, they wouldn't have been cheap items uh, for sure. But a lovely memory. Thank you for that, Anne. Good to know that yours is still working and working well. OK, some other calls in. Oh, I've been asked to mention this because John Paul says he said a couple of calls in about this particular event. On next Sunday, 27th of November, there is a family fun five kilometre walk, a walk and run plus a 10K run. It's going to take place on the new McCroom Bypass before it officially opens. It'll go from Coolcour to uh, Carrigafuca and back. And the event has been organised in association with the McCroom Fairy Garden and the McCroom Senior Citizens. Now, entry fee for the 10 mile race is €25, while there is a €10 charge if you just want to do the family fun walk instead adult participants uh, for the 5k fun run will be asked to pay 5 euro while children are free uh, so everybody knows that's happening next Sunday. And a lot of people are quite excited about being physically able to get to walk on the bypass to get you know, get up in personal with it before it officially opens. But John Paul says he's been having a few calls in from people wondering where they can park for the event. You know, he doesn't have the answer yet. He's trying to find out where they can park. But I don't know if anybody's involved with the organising of that family fun walk and run are they putting? Are they making fields available? Are they putting car park spaces available? Where can people? Uh, where can people park uh, their cars? Thank you, John Paul. John Paul has just got has found the Green Shield stamp. Somebody sent this into us. God, I'd forgotten this. Somebody sent this into us many years ago when we were talking about the Green Shield stamps and John Paul is a great man for putting things away uh, and for safekeeping and fair juice to me he remembers it and, and I have it in I get him to put a picture of this up on because I put it up online just to remind people and there is this is the book the Green Shield gift catalogue it doesn't have a year on it it was catalogue number 12 let me see now could I, could I find Anne's Kenwood Chef I don't know if this is 50 years old or not but goodness me the items that are in it uh, there's washing machines in it. You could get a washing machine back in those. Days. Is there a Kenwood chef in it? There's um, various gadgets for the kitchen, but I can't. Is that a Kenwood chef? Number 16. That looks like a Kenwood uh, chef. No, it's a Crops mixer. There isn't a Kenwood chef uh, there. Mm, OK, I can't find a Kenwood chef. The closest I can find this gorgeous saucepan. The closest I can find is a Kenwood mixer. And how much was the Kenwood mixer? The Kenwood, oh, they're they're selling it separately. You had to buy buy the attachment for the mixer. You had to buy the bowl separately. So you'd have to have nine and a half books. No, you have to have 17 books to get the hand mixer. And then the bowl and the stand to go with it was going to cost you nine and a half books. And then the attachment for the mix was going to cost you six bucks. <laughs> There'd be a lot of stamps licked uh, before, before you could uh, get... And that was just that was for a Krupp's one as opposed to the Kenwood one. Thank you, John Paul, for digging that out. We'll put a picture of that up on our Facebook just to rem- page just to remind people of a generation who would remember the Greenshield stamp books but also for a younger generation and want of have a clue, absolutely want of have a clue what we are talking about. 0818 103 103. Now on scammers targeting people when I was talking about that guy from Killarney who got caught thankfully before he could scam that poor elderly Manning can sail out of the four and a half thousand and he went to jail for two years as Pat in says and then we found out in court yesterday that, that he'd been involved in other scams similar financial scams of other older people. Uh, Pat says those scammers that con people out of their hard earned money go to court and maybe go for a short spell in jail that's fine but whatever happens to the money that they steal they should be made to pay that back Well, that particular case yesterday I do know that that John Moriarty man arrived in court with quite a substantial amount of uh, money. I saw it earlier on. He arrived with €26,800 for the injured party, so he did come with money, but that still didn't stop him going to jail for uh, two years. But you're right, a lot of them turn up in court and they don't have any money uh, with them and they get the rap on the back of the knuckles. They go to jail for a period of time and then they back out to do it all over again I don't know and a West Cork listener um, says Jane is not a deterrent or a punishment for criminals nowadays they have food internet phones TVs plus they can learn other criminal techniques from each other so it's sure it is absolutely not a uh, deterrent says another listener oh eight one eight one oh three one oh three and thank you to somebody who was listening to Antonette in the last hour bless her heart talk about her daughter and her fundraising campaign to try to get her daughter to poland just to have her assessed to see if she needs and can have this hip operation she so desperately needs because the thought of a 16 year old in pain and would have lifelong pain because if she doesn't get the operation done soon enough it will lead to really severe arthritis and starting at 16 you can imagine the state she'd be in by the time she gets to her, her early 20s so she's fundraising now on a GoFundMe page somebody says Patricia I wonder for Antoinette and uh, her daughter would they be eligible under the HSE's cross border directive we took our four year old son to Spain under that scheme the surgery he needed was called ACI repair now I know it's not the same but the treatment that we got in Spain was absolutely amazing I couldn't recommend it enough now I didn't know what ACI repair was so again Google is great for a quick Google search and ACI is to do with a cartilage uh, injury and of course cartilage can't repair itself so a procedure called ACI uh, surgery was developed it takes cartilage cells from the patient's knee and it cultures them and then they multiply I, I tell you medical science is just amazing so it's, it's a different form of uh, surgery but this listener was able to get it done rather than have her son wait to have and I don't I, you, I don't know do they do that procedure here but rather than wait she, she got him to Spain yes it is di- different surgery but the problem is is if and I know you'll say was not she going to Poland but she's going to Poland to be treated by a doctor who's coming from the States so technically the surgery would be done under America not under European guidelines uh, I, I assume if it was a European hospital that was offering it you could get it done but it's, it's a private practice, it's an American private practice that just happens to have Outreach Clinic in uh, Poland but thank you for your uh, your suggestion and for thinking of uh, Antoinette 0818 103 103 and I've just been told that their parking for the McCroom Bypass for the Fun Run and Walk will be at Carriga. Uh, so, you can park in Carigafuca for the walk. Okay, that's for people who were contacting us on that. And you can stop texting us, huge amount of texts again. And what's up for our pantomime competition? Our question today was where did Cinderella leave her glass slipper today and my clue was if you kiss this upside down it'll give you the gift of the gab we are of course talking about the Blarney Stone at Blarney Castle and our winner today is Lisa Coleman from Mitchellstown congratulations to you Lisa you've won a family pass for four to go see Cinderella at the Everyman on Thursday, the 8th of December, and you've also won a f- pass for four people for bowling at the Leisure on McCurtain Street. You can check it all out on EverymanCork.com, and we'll do it all over again tomorrow. The C103 Cork Diary with Cork
3: County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie.
2: Glenville Flower and Garden Club They're meeting in Cades County in Glenville Tonight at 8 With a flower demonstration by Bernadette Scandon From Anacotti Refreshments Will be available and all are welcome The Bandon Branch of the Societies of Vincent de Paul They're looking for personal requests To be submitted to them By Thursday the 8th of December You can submit your name, address and phone number To the Bandon Shop Or you can place it in the allocated box In the church Shambhali Moore Bingo is going ahead tonight at 8. That's in the Community Hall. And don't forget their golden hour tomorrow morning, Wednesday, from 10.30. We're invited to come along to Shambhali Moor Community Hall for a cuppa and a uh, chat. And following a request from Bandon Business Association, the Bandon College of Further Education are planning on running a free part-time course. It's Introduction to Retail Skills. It'll begin in February of next year. Now, it's suitable for young people or people who are retired who may wish to to work part-time in the retail sector. For more information, you can contact Bandon Further Education and Training Centre. And please note, as we announced earlier, that bingo is cancelled in Bantir tonight and that's due to a local bereavement.
1: Court today on C103.
3: With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
2: Now, uh, somebody asked actually yesterday, I didn't get around to the text, had I seen the program that was on TV, uh, I keep on the TV3, Virgin Media, the other night, the tribute to Vicky Phelan and I didn't, I had it recorded because I think it was, it was uh, coming on after I'm a celebrity, wasn't it, at half 10? And half 10 is definitely way past my bedtime so I recorded it uh, and watched it yesterday, yeah, and it was just, it was an interview, I don't know when. How It was a couple of years ago when she sat down and did that one on one interview and then of course she interdispersed inter- it with uh, various other pieces about Vicky. Yeah, it was just quite stunning again to, to watch that woman and to, it was Vicky in her own words. What wow, an amazing woman she was and, you know, to hear her doing it for what she did for other women. And I mean, her legacy will live on. For forever I think I mean it really well I heard somebody say she was the best president we never had what she would have made a fantastic president uh, of Ireland there was just there's something really fantastic about or was fantastic about her in that she seemed to connect with people you really you felt when you were I mean I was when I was watching on TV it felt like I I was listening to a friend chatting it's you know and I never met Vicky Phelan uh, in the flesh but it it just felt like I knew her and I knew her uh, so well and of course as we know she was buried privately which was her request and her family's request last uh, Thursday but I spotted yesterday up on uh, Facebook that and other social media sites that Vicky's family have now invited members of the public to come to her native Moon Coin in County Kilkenny next Sunday for a celebration of her life and they're going to hold it in the parish church and in fairness after Vicky died, they did say that they were going to have a private funeral, but they did say that they would arrange something that the, the general public could get involved uh, with and would be able to show their uh, respects. So they posted it. It went up on Vicky's tribe's Facebook page and a huge number of people, including myself, uh, follow and we were able to always follow her story on that, particularly at times when she was in America you know, and she wasn't around her and she was great to keep everybody updated on that particular page. Anyway, on that Facebook page yesterday uh, the uh, family said goodbyes are never easy and last Thursday that they had said their goodbyes uh, to uh, Vicky they said her funeral was a very moving and a deeply personal gathering they say stories were told tears were shed but we also shared a smile or two as we remembered the mar- remarkable life of our wonderful Vicky. We would also like to take this opportunity to extend our heartfelt gratitude for all the good wishes from near and far over the last week. We too felt The nation's love and are forever grateful. The family said that they're mindful of giving all those who loved Vicky an opportunity to pay their respects following her passing. So with that in mind, they're inviting uh, people to her native Moon coin in County Kilkenny on next Sunday at 1pm where they say we will do our best to honour that wish as numbers in the church itself are obviously going to be limited. There will be a live stream available on the day also and details of that will be posted later in the week along with further updates on the event itself so I mean yeah I mean Mooncoin would not be able to the church or even the area would be able to hold the number of people who will want to attend or be involved in some way or just to to sit and watch that particular uh, ceremony so keep a look out on Vicky's, Vicky's tribe that's what the Facebook page uh, is called. And as I say, further details and the link will be uh, available as we once again, a nation once again, uh, remembers Vicky Feeling. 0818 103 103. Our lines are open.
1: Court today on C103.
3: With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk.
1: CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103.
2: And Joe Heffernan uh, joining us uh, this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And how are you? Two weeks post your your spinal surgery, how are you doing? Yeah,
8: I'm coming round very well. Are you? Very well, thank God. Good. Um, yeah, doing well. Uh, I was with the GP now this morning and apparently the wound is very clean and healing extremely well.
2: Well done, well done. Take it nice yeah. and easy, that's the most important thing. Now you're doing yeah. something that I think is very topical because it certainly is something I've heard so many people talking about and if you're on social media you'll hear, you'll hear people commenting on it as, uh, as well and and this is to do with people having difficulties getting a good night's sleep and I know with Annalise Drussell, our nutritional slot on a Monday, I don't think there's a week goes by that we don't have questions in from people saying, "Used to always sleep really well, suddenly I'm not sleeping very well at, at at the moment. Is is it stress? Why are people finding that they're not getting as good a night of sleep as they did in the past?
8: I suppose you named it there uh, very well uh, with stress that, um sure we live in a world of stress at the moment. Now hopefully um, uh, you know if that war in Ukraine uh, ended which isn't very likely soon um That would be a major, major help. We wouldn't be worrying about keeping the lights on. Um, The cost of living thing, um, you know, we hear about it um, every hour of the day, really. And um, all of that, I think, and COVID. COVID had much more effect, I think, on our lives than maybe we give it credit for. And I'm not talking about really having COVID and recovering, although that can be very, very serious. But um, just generally, um, whether, you know, our worldview changed. Um, we never before were told you can only go five kilometers from your home. Like, I mean, that was something. Um, if you held that like five years ago that that would happen, you'd say don't be daft. Um, and there you are. So like.
2: It's um, a combination of things.
8: All of that.
2: Yeah. All of and, that. And not getting a good night's sleep. There are health implications outside of you're exhausted. But there are health implications, aren't there, of not getting a good night's sleep?
6: Yeah. It,
8: it, it, um, uh, poor sleep uh, contributes to lower general health, increased stress and lower mood. Um, uh, you know, you, you might find, well... You know that there are more little arguments about next door to nothing. Um, that people um, in the home uh, can be in badish old humour. Um, I'd be putting my hand up there. Um, yeah, um, things like that. Um, and it's it's a lovely thing to go into bed at night uh, feeling peaceful and saying yeah. That wasn't the bad day at all, now. And the, the usual, we talk about a little bit of gratitude, you know, good to be warm, good to have food to eat, good to have a roof over our heads, um, things like that. Good to have good people around us. Um uh, you know, that kind of engenders a peaceful good night's sleep.
2: Yeah, instead of lying in bed with everything running around uh, in your head. And then there are things that people try to do, but in in some ways it can be counterproductive. And one is it can lead to down a slippery slope. People saying, sure, I'll have a few drinks. A few drinks always knock me out. Now, they might knock you yeah. out, but they won't mm. give you a full night's you, sleep. You
8: just said it perfectly. They knock you out but you see um it's easier like to nod off with uh, alcohol but um the quality of sleep then isn't there <laughs> it's more like what you said it's more of a knockout than um uh rem sleep you know the the deep quality sleep um uh, would 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 not be there and uh, so you don't wake uh refreshed and feeling ready to meet the day uh, you know, and uh, and then of course there are conditions that need to be treated. Like for example, um, quite a bit down through the years, um, uh, I have spoken with people, and when they investigated, it turned out that they had sleep apnea. They would have gone to what we'll call a sleep clinic, mm. and um, yeah. So they 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 need help with. Um, Apparently, like um, one person I heard on the radio talking about sleep apnea apparently stopped breathing 67 times during the night. And every, that's what sleep apnea is, um, really, is uh, stopping breathing. And, of course, then the body goes into red alert and whoop, and you wake up. Um, and of course, and you're, you're uh,
2: not getting you're not getting a full night's sleep, and neither no, is is no the partner sleeping with you. Yeah. And and I know I'm a big fan at the moment. If I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And Mike Tyndall, the rugby player who is married to Princess Anne's daughter, Zara Phillips, he's snoring, he's keeping the whole camp uh, awake. And everyone's (laughs) the only person getting a decent night's sleep is his wife, Zara, back in England, because Mike's stuck in Australia in the jungle. So it can be really annoying for for the other person. And of course, if you add alcohol into the mix, it makes the snoring uh, worse. And then watching TV or on your tablet or on your phone before you go to bed.
8: And I suppose it depends, uh, Patricia, on what you're watching. I mean, if you're watching I'm a Celebrity, etc., like you said, there, or if you're watching a favourite soap, or if you're watching a film um, that isn't horrendously violent or something, um, well, that can be fine. But um, you don't want to be watching a programme devoted to the cost of living. Um, You don't want a programme... Which is uh, with dire um warnings um, now very valid ones, but not just before bed about um we'll say climate change um you know you you don't want something um stimulating and uh, and very probably worrying. Um, before going to bed. So, yeah, so if sure. you're
2: watching something, make sure it's relaxing. But I know yeah. the best advice they say is to switch off all devices and just. Absolutely. You know, particularly yeah. if you're having problem uh, sleeping. And, and obviously, stressing about bills and, and worrying yeah. about the next day. And, and that's no. hard. That's hard to say, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But um, maybe even if a
8: person brings up um, a problematic area. Like, um, you know, that bill that arrived this morning, it's gigantic. Um, you know, that's going to be a problem. Well, that wouldn't be a kind of a half 10, quarter to 11, half 11 subject at night. That maybe one would say, OK, it's troubling me a bit. But you know what? That's a conversation for tomorrow. Um, so not to bring up something um, troubling uh, before going to bed because, um more than likely it will start going round and round and round and then um, that's not conducive to having a night's sleep, you know. So to kind of pick your conversations before bedtime.
2: Now there right. are, I, I know, sleeping tablets, that, like a GP will... Prescribe sleeping tablets, but it always th- it's, it's always it's said it's for short term, and you've got to be very careful because you can get very addicted to uh, to sleeping tablets. Certainly long term, um, but th- there are no analges on her slash. There are natural remedies that you can try.
8: Absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, I I I look. The medical people know more about the medical scene than I do, but as far as I know. And Annalise will be able to tell you the answer to this. Um, I think melatonin in this country is prescription. I think. It, is, it um, is. Yeah, you
2: were able to buy it at one stage, but they, the powers the be decided that they could make money out of it. So they, Which is crazy because it's a natural thing.
8: Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. in uh, on holidays in Spain, um, I would make sure to go into the pharmacia and I would buy some melatonin. Yeah to bring home with me. Yeah, and, um, you know, at the odd time, if I've had one or two nights that weren't great, and especially now after the surgery, um, I would take a melatonin maybe an hour or a bit with it before going to bed. Mm. But um, I, I've heard of it Now, valerian root, um, which is readily available. Annalise would know all about yeah, it, all that. Yeah, she's
2: mentioned it many times.
8: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, the ones that I... I I I saw one advertised there on the telly recently, NITOL. and um, uh, you know that's another natural one that you yeah,
2: that you can try. Yeah, uh, Mike in in Bantry, first of all wants to wish you a good um, a good recovery. Uh, Thank you. Uh, says I agree with uh, uh, Joe about some of the television programmes. In particular, Mike says Game of Thrones, they're not good for you. And, and won 't make you relax or go to sleep, certainly game game of Thrones won 't uh, Jeremy in North well, Cork
8: I found recently that Game of Thrones <laughs> was putting me to sleep was? I found
2: it very slow oh, and there you go there you go yeah. see different strokes for different folks there uh, you are. hi Patricia yeah. um, this is Jeremy in North Cork. If I get four or five hours' sleep a, a night i 'm lucky i can 't relax, I feel stressed yeah. i 'm worried, and then i 'm tired uh, every day. Uh, because of it, particularly about four or five in the afternoon, getting that afternoon slump because you're not getting a good night's sleep. OK, yeah. they talk about things like sleep hy- hygiene. You hear that referred to constantly. Talk to us about sleep hygiene and what well, sleep, when I hygiene I sleep
8: hygiene is. I sleep hygiene I thought it was like take a shower before going to bed or have a bath. Um, the kind of words that we normally associate with the word hygiene, hygiene. yeah <laughs> it turned out to be something completely different. It's kind of, um, it, you know, it's it's good practice for sleep would be an awful lot. To be more um, uh, accurate in its language. But okay, one of the things that they suggest to do with that would be have 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 a relatively fixed time for going to bed. And maybe getting up because, um, you know, if it's 2 a.m. one night and it's half past 10 the next night and it's back to 2 o'clock in the morning the next night, the body doesn't get, you know, acclimatized to what's going on. So maybe to establish a fixed time for going to bed and Waking up and then to avoid sleeping in after a poor night's sleep because if you sleep in after a poor night's sleep, you're kind of uh, on your way to another poor night's sleep that night.
2: Yeah, it's a vicious to
8: get up. Yeah. I-
2: yeah, and then know relax. We were about, relax, huh? as we've been talking about. Relax before going to bed. Don't relax don't over stimulate the, the mind. The mind. Now the bed. Don't have the bedroom too warm. I've I've seen that and heard that said so many times. And I know we yes. all have the you know the heating on now because it's chilly. But make sure that the bed the bedroom isn't too warm. It's it's the worst thing for getting a good night's sleep. It seems
8: absolutely. And what I find is that. If there isn't a very, very high wind that's going to annoy me noise-wise, well, then I'll have um, two of the top little windows open. Um, I love to get a nice bit of, um, you know... Fresh air. Uh, fresh air yeah. uh, coming yeah, good in advice. too.
2: Good advice. Now, you know, Jeremy talking about that he's, he gets really, really tired between four and five uh, in, in the day, and uh, that afternoon slump. Don't, don't nap, they say. Cause that's gonna well,
8: it depends on a lot of things. Like, um, as I'm getting older now, and, uh, you know, into the the, the latest 70s, um, uh, you know, uh, maybe a little nap in the day wouldn't be the end of the world. But it doesn't help. You're better off if you can avoid it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, uh, to be tired going to
2: bed, Helps. common sense, yeah. is good. And then avoid and things like the caffeine. Keep off the yeah. And remember tea, normal black tea, that does contain caffeine. Caffeine, you can get the other teas and the lovely calming teas. They're different. But avoid anything with caffeine before going to bed.
8: Yeah. And it's amazing like that people, um, uh, you'll hear so many times about someone is upset about something or stressed out and have a cigarette. I mean, you couldn't do worse because the nicotine is a stimulant, and uh, people can people need to know like that that a cigarette is a stimulant, it doesn't calm you down, and that alcohol is a depressant, and it doesn't lift your mood. so there's a lot of things that we all did in the past that we found out are actually the opposite of what we were looking
2: for. Anthony says he finds saying the rosary very good. It helps him to meditate before he goes to sleep. He also uses a lavender spray on his pillow and he finds that if he wakes up lately, earlier, before the alarm goes off, he simply gets up and and has his breakfast. He just gets up uh, earlier. Um, I'm conscious of time, so I'm watching the clock Mm. at the same time. Avoid exercise. And people would assume if you go out you know, you do a late night jog or have a good brisk walk. It will make you feel tired. It actually can have the opposite effect if you do it too soon to bedtime.
8: Yeah, that, I mean, if you if you stimulate um, uh, all the 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 muscles and that you um, uh, you know you you get the all adrenaline rush and the whole thing. Um, that's. Brilliant during the day could not be better. It's something that everyone should try to do, but um, just before bed would not, not be the not. time. And yeah.
2: eating a big meal late at night is, is big meal late yeah, at night is not, not good, not either. good. Yeah. No,
8: because the um, the the parts of the body that are um, uh, you know breaking down the food are working very hard when they should, when when you want to go to sleep.
2: OK, and then things like if you are lying wide awake, don't keep looking at the clock going it's 10 past 2. There's nothing more two. depressing.
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done it in the past. Um, I've had a glance at the clock hoping I'm going to see half 6, 6.45 and I see 2.45 and I think, oh, mm. I can't see it.
2: OK, so um, don't, <laughs> please don't. Yeah. So don't look at the clock. Keep phones, tablets, TVs, none of them should be in the bedroom?
8: No, because there's a temptation that if you're not sleeping, do you know what? I'll have an look at the notifications.
2: Yeah. Um, i scroll uh, for a little while. Or,
8: or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's not good. It's not good from several points of view. It stimulates the brain when you want it to slow down. Okay. And okay. apparently the... Um, the screen itself is a stimulant.
2: OK, my tip is I listen to podcasts, I go off to sleep to somebody speaking <laughs> and it works every okay. time. It w- it's different strokes for different folks. G- yeah. great, great advice. What a, what what always. What a, whatever works. Whatever works. Listen, have a good week. Look after yourself. We'll talk next okay. Tuesday. Thanks, Joe. joel has okay. got a counselling practice in Boho Brees. Numbers 086 834, 086 834 8145. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. We're back with you tomorrow, and we have more of the Everyone Panto tickets to give away until tomorrow. 10 I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon.
3: today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See MIG.ie.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ